welcome to vyapar a show where we explore the journeys of entrepreneurs and the businesses that they've built i'm your host sid and joining me today is ayushi chamaria the founder of sipin a company which makes cocktail mixes now i know what you're thinking you know what is cocktail mix i mean when i approached ayushi i also didn't know about this segment and it's a very interesting segment i checked out the instagram page i mean you know the product is really aesthetic i love those small packages that they have and you know it i mean i have not tried the product but it looks amazing and i think it's a very interesting concept so i invited ayushi over to talk about the company you, you know her journey how she built this and how she got the idea in the first place because you know this is a very very niche segment and not everyone is thinking about you know cocktail mixes at this point so i think it's a very interesting concept and in this episode you know we'll talk about her journey how she started what are cocktail mixes right and how do they work and also talk about the market you know how big is this segment what are the opportunities right now and how sipin could really uh, capture those uh, opportunities and the potential in this space so we'll talk about a lot of stuff in this episode and let's hear it from the founder herself ayushi it's a pleasure to have you on vepar and you know i'm really excited to talk about sipin and everything that you're building hi sir thank you so much that was such a lovely introduction i am a little sad that you've not tried the mixes yet we must get you a box for you to try it now <laughs> first awesome. things first yeah i mean yeah i don't have a lot of cocktail but i know a few of my friends who would love this so i'm going to spread the word <laughs> yeah, that'll be lovely and i would love for you to at least try it you know maybe as mocktails or something because that's what you mm. can do a little bit of a plug in right there yeah. um but uh, okay so to answer your questions basically cocktail mixers um it is somewhat of a new product category that has just developed uh, you know almost during the pandemic now we're a fairly um, nascent but big industry there are quite a few players now in the market but mm. uh, to answer your question on what the product is is basically just mixers that can make your drink a little more interesting right uh, that can help you brew up a cocktail without having to understand mixology or uh, mm. you know muddling like mint leaves squeezing lemons none of that you just add this mixer it's like a quick instant fix you know how nowadays everything is becoming instant uh, that's mm. what we're trying to do to cocktails because especially during the pandemic uh, when the bars were shut people still wanted to drink i think the house party culture really increased so uh, that's when i got the idea that uh, why can't we make it easier for people to make a mojito or a pina colada so basically what you're doing is you're giving the power of bartending to everyone like everyone becomes a mini bartender when they <laughs> buy a cocktail mix from sipin absolutely in fact uh, one of the lines we use in a lot of our promotions is be your own bartender awesome awesome so you know we will get there we will get there you know we'll talk about what the product is and you know how you created it but i just want to take a step back and you know i i want to talk about about you like you know tell me something about yourself how did you start this journey and what were you into you know before you started sipin like you know what what's your background okay so um i am a calcutta girl born and brought up i first yeah. moved out after school to new york i attended nyu um i did an economics major and minored in math and business during my um, stint at nyu i started uh, an internship at morgan stanley 
and uh, that basically converted into a full time job opportunity so i was a finance analyst at morgan stanley in new york for like 2 years where i was kind of doing like capital stress testing and um, a lot of accounts stuff <laughs> so um, i realized i loved it right like my work experience was great but i realized i didn't want to do that for the rest of my life i come mm. from a family that is uh, into tea manufacturing so um, you know it kind of just that entrepreneurial bug was in me and i wanted <laughs> to create something so i was like you yeah. know what there's no right time to move back and start working towards what i really want to achieve so yeah i moved back in 2019 uh joined my dad's tea business for a bit and kind of just started to explore what uh, you know the product was before i make some decision as to what i want to do mm. and uh, soon after the pandemic hit right and uh, what i realized about my brief first uh, into with tea is that uh, it's a pretty cyclical industry it's uh, mm. quite traditional so it's not something that i foresaw myself doing so that's when you know during the pandemic is when the idea of a sipin came about i think in uh, july of uh, 2020 and we launched in november of 2020 so let me let me ask you a question so you were you got into your father's business the tea business and then you sort of understood it, that you know this is a cyclical business it, it's not really appealing to you because i think it's not that challenging as well right it's a it's a stable business and it's, it has its own like industrial issues i wouldn't say it's not challenging but it ha- it's hmm. a more traditional industry you know it it's kind of archaic in its systems also it's just not it's there isn't that much room for creativity i would say at least in like you know the kind of industrial thing that my dad is doing it's not like it's he's doing some sort of like uh, uh, you know these fun uh, flavored teas and things like that mm. so that would be somewhat innovative but this part of it it's not like it's not challenging it's not like it's not interesting mm-hmm. uh, it just for, wasn't for me understood so then how did you come up with the idea of cocktail mixes like was it something that was a pain point for you at that time like you know you were not having enough flavors or you were looking for cocktail mixes how did you get the idea so um i think it was a little bit of uh, you know a need as well as uh, something i was searching for an idea i was searching for so definitely during the pandemic like i said bars were closed right i would mm. like going to you know different bars in new york and trying out different cocktails there are some really nice uh, bars which had very different types of cocktails and i enjoy that when i came here i saw that the options were a little bit more limited obviously you know you we couldn't visit bars so one day i was just thinking like you know why can't i have a mojito at home i don't even know how to make one so i was like okay maybe i can watch a youtube tutorial and uh, but i'll have to get like mint leaves i don't have a muddler how will i muddle those you know i kind of like was seeing the steps and i was like this is pretty tough to do but it's <laughs> not like you know that hit me at that point of time it's definitely a thought i'd had before but i think when it finally you know came into an idea is when i was um, looking for you know i was i was definitely searching for ideas i was like okay what can i do i want i knew i wanted to get somewhere in the d2c space um mm. because it seemed very interesting it seemed like it had a lot of room for you know bringing creativity into the picture as well i didn't want to do something uh, mundane and you know the marketing bit really uh, interests me so you know i was looking for a d2c idea and i thought of bubble tea so i was like okay oh. what if we can dehydrate those tapioca pearls right i Damn. used to like having bubble tea in new york so dehydrate those tapioca pearls and send them to people where they can just uh, you know boil it they become like proper bubbles and uh, so i was like okay but i need to send a tea flavor with it as well right so i started thinking of different tea flavor ideas and i was like wait you know what why can't we do this for cocktails and mocktails because mm. creating a product just seemed uh, like a bubble tea um, you know trend 
that that's something you really have to educate people about but cocktails are something that everybody knows and everybody loves anyway yeah so that idea kind of pivoted into cocktail mixers understood understood and then how how were the initial days like because it's a very small segment i would say it's a untapped segment and then you know you are creating a company in cocktail mixes with there's no precedent right i mean there's no no one to copy from like it's a entirely new industry everything that you do might set the tone of how the industry grows so how were the initial days like for you you know what were the challenges that you faced how was it like oh to be very honest the initial few days like just it was brute force for me you know it's not mm. like i was very prepared for this idea i didn't have that much of um, you know research or insight into it i basically came up with the idea and i was like okay i really think that it solves a problem and i at that point i didn't even know that there was anything like cocktail mixers in the market so so the current market leaders of the segment is a company called jimmy's cocktails which is quite well distributed at this point of time so i didn't even know that they were they existed at that point of time they did but uh, <laughs> i didn't know of that um, so basically my point is that nothing had taken off in the cocktail mixer space right it's something that apparently a lot of us had an idea of you know together i guess because of the pandemic like around that time when yeah. people were just you know sitting at home that is when a lot of people had this idea like along with you you were seeing that other people were also coming up with uh, something around this idea absolutely and i think that's mm-hmm. happened with a lot of things recently right with the d2c space growing so much i think that's happened a lot like let's say like fox nuts or like healthy snacks we've mm-hmm. seen you know people at least innovating in different ways in that same segment but these segments didn't really exist earlier but now they're a thing yeah so the cocktail mixer industry also kind of grew that way i think um but when i first started thinking about it yeah i had no precedent i did not know of any company that does it so initially i wanted to do it in liquid form right then i started thinking about and i was like wait if i can just buy a real juice or a tropicana juice why would i not do that i wanted to give people flavors that they were familiar with so you know that's how the idea basically came about uh, that's how i started pivoting i started looking at packaging options i knew that packaging was something i wanted to make really attractive because and you really have aged at it i mean i just <laughs> i just have to say that yeah sorry i'm so thankful you said that um <laughs> that is something that was uh, very important to me because i know that like if people want to keep it at their bars they should be able to it should look pretty on the bars it's not something that i wanted them to just throw away because where do you store mm-hmm. it right so yeah that was important to me i started researching that and uh, compliances was such a big thing that i didn't know about back then that's oh, yeah. Uh, yeah like you know registering your company getting all the licenses in place especially with the food product mm-hmm. um you know finding a manufacturer to do this conceptualizing the ideas creating the formulas that is just something that was a lot of like months of just brute force getting ideas from people you know finding vendors trying to just apply all the resources you know you have yeah and now when you look back like you know how far have you come like if you just you look back at that phase of you know just creating company from scratch and now you are at 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 what stage are you now So I would say I am um, definitely a way more evolved entrepreneur from the day that mm. I started there's no doubt about it but uh, I feel like at that time the need of the hour was for me to develop the product you know in the initial few phases uh, I needed to be a product developer like not in a techy way but you know what I mean like a, mm. a product consultant uh, job because at that point if I had 
you know delve too much into like the sales bit or like you know marketplaces e-commerce all of that i don't think i would have been able to divert the kind of energy i did to making building the product so mm-hmm. i've been taking it step by step it is definitely another phase i am in at this point of time but i also don't regret anything because i'm like you know what i don't even know whether at this point of time i know everything i don't right i'm sure mm-hmm. next year i will be a little bit more evolved because the learning curve is really steep here yeah you know i guess like at some point you may plateau or you may feel like you know everything but things are still changing I don't feel like my experience of what one and a half years now is anything to uh, you know say that I know <laughs> it, better. It, it's never enough, right? I mean, yeah. when you when you learn more, then you learn that you have to learn so much more. So that keeps on uh, exactly that, that happens. Yeah, awesome. So you know, I have a very interesting question for you. Imagine because we've not really spoken about the product yet, and it'll be an interesting segue. So. Mm-hmm. you know imagine that a potential investor was listening to this podcast and i hope that they are you know what would be your elevator pitch for sipin and you know everything that you're building right now oh that's a tough one man elevator <laughs> pitches always make me nervous um okay but i'll try so sipin uh is a revolution in in the way people consume beverages so earlier when you'd need to make a cocktail or a mocktail at home you'd need to know how to you know do mixology you'd need a lot of ingredients you'd need tools to make those those cocktails but now you don't need to do any of that with sipin um we are um, a range of single serve sachets that you can just mm-hmm. add to your drink uh, your soda or water to make a mocktail or you can spike it with your choice of liquor to make a cocktail and uh, this is in powdered form because we think it's so much more convenient to store it to carry it around it's very travel friendly you can just have it on the go it is uh, delicious and it is also low calorie in keeping with the times where people are very weight conscious we are also very affordable compared to other mixers in the market where we have eight sachets for uh, 300 rupees our packaging is very mm. attractive and it will look good on the bar of all our consumers and uh, we have very innovative flavors we've tried to do a mix of classics like uh, mojito pina colada sangria and cosmo and also some really innovative flavors that you can't find anywhere like spicy guava lychee lime uh, watermelon lemongrass and orange cinnamon wow that was wow. a little bit longer than an elevator yeah. pitch but awesome. um, i just really needed to like you know put all the information out there it's just so relevant yeah i think that was i mean if anyone's listening to this and if anyone is an investor you know and if anyone wants to invest in sipin get through me i mean contact me and i will get you in touch with ayushi i would love to do that but i think that was one hell of an elevator pitch so awesome and i think you covered all the relevant points so yeah that was that was an interesting one but i have a few i have a few follow up questions here so you said that it is low on calories i mean does a mixer normally have calories like how how does it work like how how do calories come into the picture because in my mind i am just like you know alcohol is there and i'm mixing a flavor but calories how do they come into the picture um so i think in today's day and age it's very important right people are really health conscious they're very conscious of uh, the number of calories that they're consuming a cocktail is a sweet drink right even mm. if you have a cocktail which is all uh, natural ingredients it is a relatively sweet drink you usually put sugar syrup in cocktail at a bar right it is i think it is something that people are looking into they want options that uh, are uh, you know a little bit um, body friendly 
so we decided to keep it uh, low calorie because um, it's important to people mm. you know we're just listening to the consumers and yeah. i don't know if you know but like there's like this line of um, you know there's these skinny margaritas and um, uh, skinny mojito was this range that is available in the us you know and 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 people clearly there's a whole market for it and i do think that the skinny yeah it's called skinny margaritas because it doesn't have a lot of calories uh yeah that's okay. the whole point wow yeah. that's that's very interesting i did not know about that and i mean i have never really paid attention to calories when i'm you know having a drink or anything in my mind i'm always like you know okay i mean i'm having this that's it obviously people are getting more uh, the conscious about what they're consuming and being on the lower side of calories does help i mean that that plays in well for you and also you know i i i want to talk about the flavors i mean you have created these amazing flavors so what was the thought that went into creating them like you know when you were sort of brainstorming that you know what are the flavors that we want to create how did you come up with that you know this is what i want to do like was there a lot of experimentation involved in the process um see it was a i think that decision was a mix of uh, definite like definitely research and uh, you know and availability logistics so initially what i did was i gathered a survey of like you know some 200 people right i reached out to friends and friends of friends and family uh, try to bring in different demographics and uh, you know uh, a good mix of people and ask mm-hmm. them what are the flavors that you like in your cocktails right what do you like to drink if you go to a bar tell me like say five or six flavors that you think you would like to have so i gathered a whole list of them you know tallied all of them saw what people's preferences are and then started developing my products so i did uh, you know start with some 16 flavors i think there was so much trial and error in the building process of these formulas uh, every single week i would get like three versions of each <laughs> flavor like i had like a and strawberry yeah who, who was the guinea pig like who oh, were me you? and my friends me and my friends <laughs> <laughs> definitely nice. no i also did like focus groups so i did call different demographics so this is this is peak pandemic time right that i'm talking mm. about it was very difficult for me to kind of do anything at that point of time everything was shut you know i tried to organize small groups of people and um, different demographics again to try the flavors i would do that pretty often uh, but like regularly on a regular basis it was me and my friends <laughs> there like four people you know would come to my house every <laughs> single weekend and try just different versions of it with different types of liquors and then it would get filtered and then go to other people you know these focus groups yeah. and then nice. that's how nice. it came about i mean i can imagine their reactions because not all flavors would have been like that that good right and you were experimenting so there there must be some really fun uh, conversations fun times as well those moments that you was trying out these flavors definitely i think um, so it's de- it definitely hurts right when you like uh, build something and it doesn't it if it doesn't go well but thankfully you know what i saw is that we kind of were hitting the spot right from the beginning hmm. um i think the spicy guava flavor which is actually one of my best sellers that came just perfect you know the first time it ever came everybody was in love with the flavor even now i think you know when people have it they're like okay this is our favorite when they when they try all the flavors hmm. so the spicy guava was pretty spot on uh, you know i remember struggling with the strawberry flavor i realized that i couldn't do it because it just wasn't hitting the mark so that's when i pivoted to a cosmo right a cranberry um okay. you know it was a lot of different iterations of it i would get a lot of versions and i'd be like okay you know what let's turn up the bint here let's turn down the lemon here 
um, mm. or let's try another company's uh, flavors and things like that. So, but what what I really insisted on right from the beginning is that we use very premium flavors. The flavors that we are using are pretty expensive. They're not, you know, something that everyone is using. They are uh, from this company from Switzerland. Wow. So, you know, that's that's what makes it really tasty. Hmm. because I really thought that it's important see somebody might purchase my product for the first time with the packaging but they'll only come back a second time if they like the taste of the product definitely definitely I mean packaging does help the first time purchase but then if you want to really create that stickiness then you need to have that quality you need to have that stickiness in the product so I definitely agree and and, and even till date like you know even so far like in the last one and a half years the flavors have evolved, evolved massively you know, mm. uh, I always hear the feedback of people still whenever I'm making somebody try it or we do these customer calls where we just ask people how they like things. So on the basis of that, we still keep innovating where we're, you know, maybe turning up the lemon a little bit in the mint. And at this point of time, I feel like we've reached a place where everybody's like, okay, you know, where, where at least majority of the people are like, okay, we like this. Understood. Because obviously you can't please everybody, you know, everybody <laughs> has different taste buds. Yeah. And what are, are you working on any new flavors right now? Like what's what's happening in, in Sipin? Oh. Like what's brewing right now? <laughs> we are working on two new flavors. We should be launching very soon. In fact, uh, we had to delay this podcast because of that. Yesterday. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, uh, okay. yeah, we are just working on, um, you know, getting the packaging and stuff. The product has kind of been locked down and it's, it's really fun flavors. We're diverting a little bit from our usual this time. Uh, these flavors are a little bit more premium than the ones that even mm. exist right now. So we're really hoping and they're not really there in the market. You know, one of them is actually very novel. So I'm very excited to have, uh, you know, everybody. Awesome. Try I mean, once when whenever these uh, flavors come out, I mean, I would love to, I will be the first one to promote them through <laughs> Vepar. So uh, I'm, I'm waiting for them to hit the hit the shelves but we'll, we'll send you all of them together you must try them and then maybe you can do a review in your next podcast definitely. was this really worth it <laughs> definitely definitely I'll, I'll be waiting for that and um, you know so I'm curious you know because I'm just trying to picture how this works so let's say that I have bought I've bought a bottle of vodka okay and I have a few friends around me and we are having that drink and now we want some flavors in it And then, you know, we buy these cocktail mixes from Sipin. How do they work? Like, you know, how do, how do I use this product and how is it different from other mixers that's, that are out there? Like, you know, what is your differentiating factor? So basically we've really tried to focus on the flavors itself. Now, if you look at the other cocktail mixers that are in the market right now, most of them are giving you an end cocktail, right? Like a margarita. A margarita is essentially about the tequila, right? Otherwise, it's like lime juice and sugar syrup. Okay. So, um, you know what I mean? Like, it, it has to be like, you can make a flavored margarita. But for to be a mixologist, I feel like we needed to give people that space to be able to do creative things with the mixers. So, um, I always give this as an example. But uh, the orange cinnamon flavor that we have, we mm. developed it primarily for whiskey, right? So that it can make like a nice whiskey sour. But uh, if you try that with a vodka, you'll have an amazing screwdriver at your hands. You know, okay. you can try that with a rum also, if that's what you prefer. So these flavors are very diverse in the sense that you can have them with different types of liquors. Um, when we talk about like, say, the mojito, you can have that with your vodka, your rum, any sort of white liquor, but you it also tastes nice with your whiskey. 
so we have these recommendations in fact we started this new feature on our website when we noticed that people do search for their liquors by uh, sorry search for their mixers by the liquors that they have hmm. so we started this new feature where people can go and uh, kind of filter it out according to the mixers so if you have a bottle of vodka you click on that and we'll show you our recommendation uh, you know for everything uh, vodka but uh, i do still tell everybody that i really do think that all of the mixers can go with any white liquor um because they're all nice to taste like even the sangria even though it's been developed to go with the wine it gives you a really amazing green apple you know pomegranate flavor when you have it with uh, a vodka hmm so and, and how so, does it work like do i like i buy these mixers from sipin i these are in powdered form so i just mix them like if i'm having one glass do i put the entire packet or do i mix like some bit of it how does it work so uh, the way we've developed it is in single serve sachets right so one sachet is ideal for a 200 glass of uh, any liquid uh, so what we recommend usually is 30 to 60 ml of liquor and uh, top it up with soda and just add a packet of sipin because uh, we think that one packet is ideal for 200 ml but it really depends on you you know if you want your drink lightly flavored you always have the option of putting in a little less Hmm. The entire thing of experimenting with your drink is what you are giving people power over. Like, I exactly. mean, exactly understood, understood. Yeah, I think I have uh, clarity of of how this works, and you know, building on that. So we we spoke about you know the flavors that are working for Sipin right now. So in terms of your target audience and you know traction that you have you've had. So when did you officially launch you know when was it when the product first came onto the market that is first question and then what sort of traction did you see like you know when you were marketing this product because it's a very new product right i mean a lot of people don't know about this so i think a lot of education also is needed in this space so how was the traction in in the last uh, 1.5 years you know how has that curve looked like like you know how has the traction increased uh, overall right so um i first launched it in november of 2020 right so initially the first two months obviously you know it was great because there was a lot of word of mouth um mm-hmm. i sent it to a lot of friends i feel like in calcutta the sales were great we had started with like you know facebook and instagram marketing and stuff but obviously at that point i didn't know how tough like it is to sell <laughs> uh, you know yeah. i realized that uh, it's not just enough to run ads uh, you really need to know the nerve of the audience you need to know your target audience so it took me a couple of months to kind of figure that out um there have been times that you know i've also taken a slump where i'm like okay you know what i need to take a step back like i think so we launched in november right around march is when i got covid oh uh, i just uh, gone to goa and i was having this really serious discussion with my sister who lives in goa right um and you know we kind of had like a plan of action in mind and i was very determined to come back and put that into uh, place but i got covid from goa it seems um so yeah. two days after i came back i have fallen ill so 15 days you know have anyway passed after that as soon as i came out my whole entire family got covid so uh, i had <laughs> yeah. like five people in the house who had covid so it's not like i could do anything anyway so there was like a month you know and i was like i had a lot of time to think i was like okay what do i want to do going forward because in november and december see anyway sales are great because people are in a festive mood uh, you know purchasing mm. in general is high during those months and then january is suddenly a slump overall right in like new you know, year resolutions uh, yeah exactly <laughs> you know people saving up their money uh, after the party season i guess so um, yeah january is a slump right so 
it took me until march and then another month to kind of figure out what was happening uh i realized i really needed to build a team at that point so that's when i started building up a team because earlier it was mm. just me and you know a few resources here and there but uh, you know i was like if i want to scale i need to have good people uh and i need to be able to delegate so around april or may is when i started looking for people and that's when my team built up i would really call that my inflection point you know one of the inflection mm. points where i was like okay you know what now i have the resources to be able to expand a little bit more the first couple of months was a little bit more of like product testing and figuring out what the response is like whether it'll even work in the market because yeah there is no precedent right there is it this industry didn't exist at that point i was like what if i'm creating something that nobody wants <laughs> uh, do i want to blow up all my capital on this in the first couple of months so i was taking a little bit slow i did believe in the product so i think june may june is when i would say my inflection point is and since then you know we've really come a long way we've been we still keep experimenting right we'll like try to work with gifting companies and we'll try to uh, look at those leads sometimes we'll try to look at leads in the hudeka segment we started looking at marketplaces so in the last couple of months i think we've covered like cred big basket swiggy uh, instamart you know we've done some modern trade retail as well Hmm. So we've come a long, long way since. But you know, like you said earlier, it's never enough. Yeah. So I mean, you've started partnering with these B two B brands to to sell the product. Yeah. So we got on their marketplaces, um, hmm. which is actually a tougher thing, you know, than it looks <laughs> to do. Um, Because you have to agree with their terms, right? I mean, you you lose a little bit of independence. Is that what it happens? Because I've heard from a lot of people that you know, once you partner with these big big uh, short brands you know they do take away some of the independence that you have is that true uh i would say to a certain extent yes you do have to you know uh, talk to them on their terms initially because you're not a very big player but you have to understand that they are also taking a lot of risk putting you in and uh, you know people you need them because that's where the crowd is so they're also giving mm. you visibility and aware- awareness it is expensive to you know market on these platforms it is extremely draining to work out the logistics you know sitting from uh, calcutta when i have to deliver on an appointment basis you know in all these different cities it's it really eats up a lot of my time and but it's yeah. it's something that you know we are willing to do because we see volumes there we see people getting to know it it lends us a lot of legitimacy even for a consumer right i think if mm. they know that um, you know what this brand is on big basket or it's i just saw it on cred it makes them believe that ah, okay this is something you know i would like to try Yeah, I mean, it does help you create that brand equity with the consumers, and then if they want to buy from your website, they can always do that. But I mean, this serves as a way for you to tap into that market and also create brand equity at that at, at the same time. Right, and so, you know, like yeah. in a technical sense, like that's how you start, right? You have to get your product out there, and then you know, you there are ways to get people on your website, right? That is the mm. ultimate goal. you you can have different things on your website you can give like additional offers and things like that on your website to kind of get them there but i really do think that these marketplaces are very important to have people know about it in the first place so which segment is working better for you like is it the b2b segment like you know going through that channel or is it through the website b2c which which segment right now would you say is is working best for you Um so I think both are going hand in hand uh, we just ramped up our uh, performance marketing on Facebook and Instagram you know to kind of uh, uh, get the word out there about our website have people uh, come and visit look up our products in fact we just did a whole website rehaul also it just became live about a month ago and we were still fine tuning so I think 
yesterday is when we finally were like okay i think we're mm. kind of done uh, we can take a little bit of a back seat and just keep improving upon things so yeah we're really hoping that that uh, you know helps people understand the product better and drives them to our website um but we also on the other hand have been working aggressively on the marketplaces and like i said they bring volumes you know um i've done really great brand visibility and sales on cred on big basket recently and we're planning to do a little more marketing activities on here you know and I, I, it's kind of simultaneous you know one can't go without mm. the other so it's yeah. just been built up simultaneously awesome awesome you know just just last question on the product so i mean the product is named as a cocktail mix but i do believe that it can be used in other ways as well so you know what are some other use cases of the product like apart from cocktails if someone doesn't you know have a alcoholic beverage can they still buy from sipin and what are the other ways that people could use these flavors um so it's totally non alcoholic right which is great because you can 100% make mocktails out of this which is uh, what you know coming back to what i was saying earlier that we've really focused on the flavors you know in a lot of cases in india people really don't know what's going into a mock uh, into a cocktail you know there's just like you when you look up a bar menu you're like you know what this lychee cocktail looks interesting let me get that <laughs> so you know i wanted to give the same option to mocktailers why not you know you just put it in soda or water and you make a mocktail and you can have it without your alcohol so mm. uh, you know and in fact we've gotten a lot of reviews and this is something we put into our branding later upon listening to reviews of people where they were like listen can we have this as mocktails and uh, we were like yeah sure you know go ahead and uh, they were like this is lovely you know it's so refreshing mm. it's so different it's not like you get these flavors right off the bat anywhere yeah people have been having it as mocktails in other use case scenarios you know these are essentially flavoring uh, so you can use it for any sort of like liquid base uh, you can make drizzles out of them you can make um, these lovely popsicles we've made before you just like freeze your thing you can make a uh, you know icicles and uh, all kinds of things with it understood understood so i mean you, if you can imagine using different flavors in different ways i mean uh, you can you can basically use this in in any way that you want to and it's not limited to just cocktails absolutely uh, you're just making jello shots in fact out of it for a really very soon <laughs> nice nice awesome so i think we have covered some really good ground on the product the marketing you know the channels that you're exploring to you know market the product and you know get the traction in and because this is a new industry you know there will be players who would be looking at sipin and you know be like this is working you know this is a this is a space which is new which which looks like you know a place where you could make good money so obviously you know more people would be coming into this space so like you mentioned you know there's a player which is a which is leading i think jinnies you you mentioned uh, but yes. apart from that player you know do you do you see a lot of competition coming into this segment like are you seeing more copycats or are you seeing like people you know who are just seeing your brand and they're coming onto the space are you seeing competition oh definitely since the time i launched it i know at least 10 other brands that have come into the space thankfully we are one of the only players doing powdered mixes and uh, that is a big advantage you know when you think about um, the ease of storing it of mm. uh, traveling with it uh, even the costs are lower i think uh, you know for sipin because when you look at glass bottles and liquid bottles they're very heavy 
and they're difficult to ship it requires a lot of extra uh, you know packing and that shipping cost kind of gets uh, you know charged to the customers right it gets it trickles down to the customer so mm-hmm. we've managed to keep it fairly low cost because of that as well we've managed to do a lot of innovation in the flavor types like in the the flavor combinations like watermelon lemongrass and other things because of the fact that we're in powdered form um and it's super easy right the, in the powder segment there's only us and there's some one or two other companies so far thankfully i haven't seen much of that but the cocktail mixer space is definitely blowing up but i'm also happy about it in a way because that means that there's a segment for it right there's yeah. an industry there's a category that's building up it'll help people become aware of what this product is and uh, you know from my research from what i've seen it's a fairly large space at this point of time you know according to this yeah. avendus report apparently the the beverage concentrates like mixers and powders is at like 15 billion wow um, that's and, that's a big uh, number yeah and it's like growing at 9% uh until like 2025 mm. so you know that's when i was like you know there is a space for everybody there are different preferences for consumers india is not unaware of like powdered mixers right they have mm. uh, a lot of experience with powdered beverages so you we do plan to launch like a liquid line later too and uh, other complementary products to give you a full cocktail experience but it's a very large uh, industry we're still exploring it understood understood and like like you mentioned you're launching a liquid variant so what what's the thought behind it like how would a liquid variant be more is 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 it more superior than what you offer in a powdered form or is it just something that you feel that you know you you want to explore and i mean that is a that opens up a new segment for you um i think it's just a matter of like consumer habit and preferences right there are a lot of people who may not want to have a powdered mixer but there might be a lot of people who are like you know what i don't want the hassle of keeping these big bottles in my bar or you know i can't have i can't be carrying a glass bottle mixer in my suitcase if i'm traveling so i do think that there are different use cases and there's a, a market for both of them which is why we want to explore that line also at some point of time maybe make a more premium segment i haven't thought of that really so far i've just been mm. researching it a little bit so i do plan to do that uh, later on but as of now with the powdered mixers is you know where we are expanding and um, in the future definitely we will have a liquid line but i don't think it's like necessarily more premium like i said mm. i use like really amazing flavoring ingredients which is why the mixers taste so good so it really depends on you know what you're putting in how you compose it awesome i think we are on the closing stages of the podcast and you know a lot of cliche questions start coming when you know when i'm uh, concluding uh, the podcast and one of them is that you know how has the journey been like you know you've been doing this for the past 2 uh, years and i'm sure that you know the learning curve must have been very steep you're still learning you're still growing it's a exponential curve what have been your key takeaways you know uh, when you look back when you see the journey that you have captured so far what would be your key takeaways uh, from it my key takeaways from this journey i think that's that's a very tough question i'm just thinking <laughs> yeah i think one thing i definitely you know try to do is listen to people and mm-hmm. that means everyone uh, so that i can kind of formulate ideas based on people's opinions because i realize it's not uh, okay for me to just be in love with my product you know just uh, have it so close to my heart that i'm not able to pivot uh, according to what people want so i've been listening to my customers a lot you know like i said we keep changing things up according to what people want hmm. and uh, i keep listening to people who have experience in the d2c space right 
if i see somebody who um, uh, is you know doing a phenomenal job at say uh, handling marketplaces right they they really nail the logistics i will try to speak to them and see how they came to it uh, you know so get advice from everybody i think i've just been and this is something i'm still learning to do like really getting a lot of opinion a lot of feedback and mm. trying to implement it and doing it in a way where you can weed out what is not possible or what you don't think will work for you right and picking up the right yeah. points and, and that can be different for everybody you know yeah definitely and i'm i'm assuming that you are the you are the only founder of the company right i mean there is there any any co-founder that you have with you or you know you are the only one who is uh, calling the shots i am the only founder of the company and that has been somewhat of a disadvantage to me because when i speak to investors they do think that that's uh, you know a, a disadvantage um they prefer where where there's a team mm. of people the team of co-founders at least but i still think that like you know it's like a marriage it's not like you can just take somebody into a partnership right it's so important to be on the same wavelength yet you know have different expertise be able to listen to each other so i just don't think that i have found anybody to partner with so but but so far i feel like it hasn't been a disadvantage for me i do feel like you know i am running around in a lot of different directions but that is something i am solve resolving with my team i have been i have mm. been trying to hire the right kind of people for the right kind of tasks i've been learning how to delegate and uh, it's tough. been going well I mean, so far that that's tough right because that does give you a lot of anxiety because you feel that you know will that person be able to do it but then it's it's so necessary as well it's so important like you know i think yeah. the kind of delegation power or capability i did have from my first day up till now i think it's it's been such a huge evolution in that also i also know i a little bit better what to delegate to whom you mm. know and what people's capacities are and that's like one of the uh requirements i have right as an entrepreneur you're required to do that i mean you become a leader of sorts you start noticing what is the strength of that particular person what is the weakness of that particular person and how can i leverage his strengths all of that also comes into the picture and i mean it's not something you learn but you it's on the field right you slowly you have to be a leader and yeah. and lead by example so i think must be a lot of fun we have a great office environment man we also yeah. listen to each other like it's not like you know i close myself off going like i have made the decision i really try to listen to my team also about the problems that they are facing with things we try to resolve it we have a catch up every friday at least for an hour where wow. we just talk about like updates and uh, you know what the plan is going forward for the next week um mm. so yeah we listen to each other it's a great space i also don't want didn't want to create a space where it's you know like a corporate office and everybody is just um uh, you know always working it's a very chill place you know we have mm. a lot of fun uh, in fact a lot of people whenever we put out like job posts right people are like you know what we wanted to apply just because we've heard it's a good working environment so that wow. is very important to me to maintain uh-huh. as well that that must feel like that is satisfaction you know i mean knowing that you are creating an environment where people feel safe and it's a space where ideas are welcome i mean that that shows that you know you're doing an amazing job and kudos to you for for building that culture i have uh, to also mention since we're on uh, this topic that we are an all women team oh wow we are a 100% women driven team but uh, it's not by design it's not like you know i would be like okay i will not accept male applications <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know i've just yeah. found very quality women to work with so so far it's been like that maybe when we expand we we will bring some boys on board but it's been a great environment to work in hmm yeah awesome awesome and you know last question so again it's a cliche question what's next 
you have come this far you know you've come up with some exciting flavors you're going to build new variants you're exploring new platforms where you can distribute the product when you look into the future you know i would say 2 years or 3 years what excites you and what's next for sipin so i think uh, definitely you know keep expanding the i think you pretty much covered what we're doing uh, you know as of this yeah. point of time but we're also you know looking to build up our revenue so that we can uh, get some good investors on board hmm. i think that is the next point of action so that uh, we can um, start marketing more we can do more product development the idea is to be able to make this a more 360 beverage company where um, you know it can be experiential in a way diy cocktail kits uh glass trimmers mm. we've already launched uh, other things on our platform like garnishings drink garnishings so you don't have to like you know chop up any fresh fruits or arrange for garnishing you can just open these dehydrated packs of garnishing and put it in your cocktail and have like a really authentic looking cocktail because the aesthetics are so important right when you're having mm. a cocktail and uh, you know there's bar tools and other things so really make it experiential is the goal awesome awesome I, and i know that you know because listening to you and anyone who's listening you know the passion that you have in your voice like i, I know it it circulates it's it's not something that you build but i can just feel it i mean you know the passion in your voice gives me the confidence that you're going to do everything that you have set your for yourself oh. obviously that you know obviously it will not be a smooth ride and it shouldn't be because then where's the fun in that but i do believe just listening to you that you know you you're going to crush all your goals and I I wish you all the best for the future and I hope that we stay in touch there's a lot of ways that we can collaborate uh, I have I think two or three things that I can help you out with so we we'll stay in touch and wish you all the best Ayushi I think I had a blast you know recording this episode I think it's been an hour and it just <laughs> flew by so yeah I think it was great talking to you sir thank you so much I really appreciate it because You know, I do feel passionate about it, and I'm glad that it's rubbing off. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, definitely, let's look at collaborations. Uh, we'll we'll speak offline, and uh, I think you're doing a great job with the podcast, man. I think it's so uh, <laughs> great that you're talking to people. I think what you're that you're doing that even better than me. You know, listening um, <laughs> to people's stories. So it's great. I'm, I'm so happy to and yeah. honored to be here. Awesome, awesome, Ayushi. It was a uh, it was great having you on the show, and we'll stay in touch. 